0: Welcome to the Car Project Podcast, where we equip you to understand and study the Bible and find joy along the way. We're so glad you're here. back with the car project. I'm Heather. I'm Sarah. And we're on day 12 of our Mm 12-day journey through the Christmas story. We're on our last day, and these have been bite-sized podcasts that are coinciding with our Hope Have Come cards. The whole concept of being able to cover the Christmas story in a really easy, tangible Mm -hmm. way to bring the Christmas story to life for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're on our last day as we're focused on the wise men and the story that we find in Matthew 2. Sarah, Uh, walk us through what we can learn about the wise men. All right. Well, let's just dive
1: right in and start reading.
0: We're going to read an excerpt from Matthew
1: 2, starting in verse 1, and it says, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. So the question that we want to go ahead and start and ask here today out of our CAR Bible Study Guide is a history question, another history one. We've done a lot of those. Yeah, we love them. And it's a who question. It's who was this written about and how does the Bible describe them? So there's really, there's three ways that we're going to go about this. All right. All right. Okay, and the first one is we're going to look at Bible translations and see how was this word wise men translated. I was just reading out of the ESV, the English Standard Version, and it was translated. These guys were described as the wise men from the East. Yeah,
0: well, but mine actually says, I'm I'm in a new international version, NIV, and mine says magi. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. Magi from the East. Yeah, and interesting. I mean, when I think of the Christmas carol, like, you know, they sing, uh, we three kings of Orient are bearing gifts. We traverse afar, right? You have this like Mm -hmm. kings is how I have normally thought about these magi or wise men as we're starting to kind of Mm -hmm. uncover, um, right? Yeah, so
1: that's maybe one of the reasons we might assume that, because of that song, actually, we might assume that they were kings, right? Right? We might also assume that there were three of them, as that song says, but it actually doesn't tell us how many wise men there were. Um, Maybe we got the number three because three gifts were presented, the frankincense, the myrrh, and the gold.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of assumptions we can make on this Mm -hmm. whole thing. The wise men were, you know, we also assume that the wise men were there after Jesus birth. I mean, let's. I don't know how many other people have nativity sets that their wise men came with the nativity set.
1: That they were there at the birth. They were there at
0: the birth. Yeah. And right. so my nativity set shows the wise men hanging out with Jesus on the day of his birth. And I, that's, that's I think, an assumption we have. But if we look at the context mm-hmm. in this the story, this is actually telling us that Jesus was probably like two years old at this right. point. It's not... Um, I need to go fix my my nativity set at home to get it corrected. <laughs>
1: well, and in my nativity scene, I don't know about yours, but the wise men always are the most beautiful. They really are. Like they have these beautiful robes of rich colors. Mm-hmm. And, and in my my nativity scene, has a little white Jesus with blonde hair and blue eyes. So it's maybe not the most accurate. Probably not. Um, I think my mom hand, well, she handed me down these. I think they're both Costco. The <laughs> ones I've had in Costco nativity scenes. Little white baby Jesus. Yes. We we may need to right. have some
0: corrections to our nativity scenes when we get right. home, <laughs>
1: but yeah, I think I grew up thinking the wise men were there at the birth, and it really is about two years later at this point where we pick up this story. Yeah, so so they're not kings. Um, we don't know how many they there are. But translations tell us that they were, or it's translated as wise men or magi. Yep. We also know that they're from the East, so they're Gentiles, which means that they're not Jewish. Right. Okay. So let's go ahead and keep going here. Let's see if there's anything else that we can learn. So we just looked at translations. Now let's go ahead and look at the original Greek and see what this what this word meant, you know, this wise the word, men. The words wise men yeah. actually or magi meant. Yeah. Okay. And so when I looked it up, I looked it up in blueletterbible.org and uh, thebiblehub.com. And it it really, it's referring to a foreign origin. It
0: could be a magician, a sorcerer, or wise men. Okay. Yeah. So it's trying to circulate around. And this this is is what happens with the Mm -hmm. Greek language is there's always like more words in the Greek language than what we have in English. And so that's why our translations are going to have different words. It's just trying to triangulate around what is it trying to grab. Yeah. Magician or sorcerer or wise man.
1: Yeah. Right. And so I, I kind of wanted to do even a little bit more dive into this. Okay. And so in addition to looking at the original language, in addition to looking at translations, I actually turned to some Bible scholars,
0: Love that. Um, looked
1: at my study Bible, looked at commentary to see who were these guys, um, especially back then. Yeah, you know? I like that. And so in the ESV Women's Study Bible, it says the term wise men referred to a wide range of people, which is kind of what you were just saying yeah. there, whose practices included astrology, dream interpretation, study of sacred writings, or the pursuit of wisdom and magic. Mm. And the IVP Bible background commentary said, Magi were pagan astrologers whose divinatory skills were widely respected in the Greco-Roman world. Astrology had become popular through the science of the East, and everyone agreed that the best astrologers lived in the East.
0: I mean well so keep in mind here like the practice of divination and fortune telling future events through astrology sorcery interpreting you know omens witchcraft mediums like psychics like like let's go on mm-hmm. and on basically any other source than god speaking through true prophecy they were all like mm-hmm. explicitly for forbidden throughout the Old Testament. We see it in Deuteronomy 18, we see it in Isaiah 2, and also in Isaiah 47. Here, this is what's so fascinating to me. Even Mm -hmm. though the Magi were pagans, they weren't necessarily following the Jewish God, God still chose to reveal himself through them. I love that. That So fun. it, It really
1: is fascinating. I absolutely agree. These pagan astrologers came to honor Israel's true king. But here's what's interesting. Herod, who at the time was Israel's king, or their ruler, I guess you'd say, Herod tried to kill him. That yeah. was his response. Instead of trying to coming to honor him, he tried to kill the one who was proclaimed to be king of the Jews. And you know, one more observation here that, um, that I made is, remember back on day 10, we observed the shepherds, and when they heard the news of the Savior's birth, what did they do? They hurried to Bethlehem to see what had happened. Mm -hmm. But what did the religious leaders do in this story here that we're reading today? It says, when the chief priests and scribes heard from the Magi that that, uh, a king of the Jews had been born, they didn't do anything at all. They didn't go to Bethlehem to see if it was true. And so I think Luke, the author here, actually... Matthew, the author here, I'm sorry, is comparing and contrasting these these characters, right? I mean, we have these lowly shepherds and, and pagan astrologers. They spring into action and they go see what God has revealed to them. They go right away. Uh, but Israel's ruler here, Herod, he tries to stop God's plan by killing the Savior, the King of the Jews. And the Jews and the, the scribes and the Pharisees, I mean, they they didn't do anything. The, the people that you would think that would spring into action and faithful obedience didn't. And yet you have the pagan astrologers here and you've got this shepherds, lowly shepherds. They hurry off and see what what's going
0: on. And it's what just, God's revealed to them. It's just so fascinating to me because you see how God draws people to Himself. It's so mm-hmm. rare that you would, you know it's rarely who you'd ever expect, yeah. right? It's it's not always uh, how or who you'd expect it to be, mm-hmm. and which reminds me just to not put God in a box. Yeah, right, like. We have to be careful because we can't judge others that we think that they may not be reachable or that they may not mm-hmm. be redeemable. God saw, uh, sees deeper into the hearts of people more than man can. And we can't mm-hmm. make that assumption.
1: You know, if there is a message of hope, that is a message of hope right there. There you go. Right? Yeah.
0: Absolutely. He cares well about um, everybody,
1: right? Yeah. Um, and so this leads us into our question for today. And the question is, what's your reaction to knowing that God can use anything to draw anyone from anywhere to find Jesus? And that's really oh. what we saw here. Yeah, I, like that. I, I love that. Um, you know, and and here at the Car Project, as we live out our mission, which centers around loving God and loving your neighbor, mm-hmm. and encouraging and equipping Christ followers to engage their neighbors of differing beliefs in Bible study, it reminds me as we do this personally in our own lives. Mm-hmm. That God can use anything from any anything and anywhere to bring people to Him. Absolutely, right? Absolutely. Um, that our faith journeys are not all going to look the same, and I know I've seen that firsthand. Mm-hmm. And so, stop trying to control it, Sarah. Right? There you <laughs> um, trust God in working that He's working in the hearts of, of those who are seeking Him, and and just again let go of control and and let let God take that and trust that He's working in those hearts.
0: I love that because mm-hmm. it really is our job to mm-hmm. show people God uh, who God is and to share the hope of Jesus. And that's what we get to do during Christmas. This is what we get to do every day is our hope and desire is that we get to ho- show the hope that has come through Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. we've learned about it through the last 12 days in these these different pieces of the Christmas story, of the understanding of the hope of who Jesus is, that should draw us in so much that it, we would want to go and share it with others, regardless yeah. of who they are, their background, their, you know, whether, you know, what age, you know, ethnic, whatever it is, like there is no difference, God loves them all, and we should want to go and share Jesus with everybody because of the hope that he brings us. And that's the hope that he brings us this Christmas season. Mm -hmm. And so thank you, Sarah, for walking us through our last day in the Christmas series as we've been going through this 12 days of a journey through the Christmas story. This has been an amazing time for us to be able to reflect on the hope that we find in Jesus as a gift this Christmas season. Thank you so much for joining us, and Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. To learn more about The Car Project, visit us at thecarproject.com. This podcast is listener supported. So if you'd like to support, head on over to our website and click Give.